0: Welcome back to the Green Element podcast, where we feature business leaders and innovators transforming their operations to be more environmentally and socially sustainable. I'm your host, Will Richardson, and I can't wait to meet our guest today and help you on your journey of sustainability. Welcome to the Green Element podcast, Rochelle. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, You are Rochelle Turner. You are Head of Research and Insights for Masha. Um, Please could you tell us a bit more about yourself and Masha?
1: Sure thanks Will, thanks for having me here. Um, So I am a a researcher by background, um, researching consumers and consumer behaviour. So I've worked for companies that make me stand on street corners and ask people questions. All the way up (laughs) to uh, looking at um, reports and lots and lots of data and trying to make sense of of that data throughout the years. So I have, for my sins, yeah, interviewed people and and called them up or or say stood in the rain and and asked people, please, please, please stop and and ask me and answer my questions. So it's a, a long learning curve for trying to understand how. People get the answers that they need and, and just the sort of dogged determination that researchers need to be able to get information from, from consumers. It's a bit easier nowadays. that You can sort of look at what Internet trends are or, or what spending trends are. But back in the day, that information was, was a little bit more difficult to come from. So Share, where I work now, is um, a sustainable design firm. We make promotional products for companies. So if a company is looking to give a gift to their clients, uh, we can make that gift. If a company is looking to give a gift to its staff, you know, staff T-shirts or staff Christmas presents, we can make those gifts as well. And so we work with um, all sorts of companies that see the value in building customer loyalty through a gifting program. And that might be travel brands, it might be beauty brands or alcohol and spirits, um, you know, educational institutions as well when they're trying to attract students to come or, or retailers and other sectors. And we are a company that does the whole process. We design something, we manufacture it, we distribute all of those gifts to the companies that um, have asked for those to be made. And we also... I think more and more these days follow up with, with the research and, and that's sort of where I come in to look at what is the ROI that gets um, delivered from doing these kinds of gifts in the first place. So all companies we recognize you know, have limited marketing budgets, so why spend it on a gift rather than spending on um, promotions or, or some other activity and, and discounts? Um, and so we look at the ROI and, and we also look at a lot of academic research to show why one might want to give a certain Type of gift over another type of gift, for example, and again, that's sort of where my role comes in. Um, and we look at that academic literature around happiness or around um, the kinds of GWP gifts with purchase, and 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 how actually it, it's really quite interesting that. Returns are far lower when a gift is given because of the connection, the psychological connection that's made between um, products and and gifts, and and so companies can actually save a lot of money on their returns if um, if they're giving a gift with purchase. And so these are the kinds of things that we're always testing uh, and always talking to our clients about.
0: That's really interesting. It's um and. You, you're you're actually. I don't think I mentioned it. You're a certified B Corp, um, and therefore sustainability will also run quite heavily through your. Hence, why we're talking today. Hence, through your, um, you know, whole business and ethos, and how is that um, taken into consideration through those gifts? <laughs>
1: Well, sustainability um, is absolutely fundamental to what we do. So it comes in at absolutely every stage. So quite often, and perhaps unusually for a company that makes promotional products, we will often say to the people that we're speaking to, our clients, or people that are looking to be clients, actually, what you're suggesting, you shouldn't do. Save your money, do something else. Because You know, there's no point in making something that is just going to be wasted. We really pride ourselves and make sure that what we're trying to do has a reusable element as well as a useful element to it. And so, if someone is saying, right, we have a dollar, we have two dollars to spend on this product, you know, if you think about all of the elements that make up making a product, we're designing a product, getting it made, getting it shipped. and and getting it distributed, what is the value of that product, you know, at each of those different stages? And we might actually say, and do very often say, again, save your money, it's not worth doing that kind of thing. And we have to do something that's better and and more sustainable in the long run. We also use... um, sustainable materials. So a lot of the products we use are, for example, sustainable water bottles or recycled fabrics or a lot of um, material that comes from waste itself. This is some really interesting products that you can get from um, recycled pineapples, for example, or the pineapple skins that are turned into fabrics. Or what's really interesting is the windscreens. So windscreens in cars, um, because to to stop them from freezing, they have have an element of plastic in between the different layers of the windscreen glass. And so when those uh, windscreens are taken to um, the junkyards, Um, you can remove that plastic and then we can make a product from it, which actually looks almost like a leather. Um, And so, again, you're turning something that was waste into into product. Um, And then, you know, looking throughout other elements of our supply chain so that when we're sending things, we're not sending them in plastic bags and we're shipping things um, in the most sustainable way Um, and just looking at all of those elements to make sure that we are doing the right thing for the environment and also for our supply partners and the people that are working in the companies or the factories that we're getting the products from and also that say we're making a product that isn't just going to go to to waste and it's it's not having any value to in the first place
0: brilliant that's um that's that's it's that's really good. It's really good. And I think I love the ingenuity around um, using different um, products and the fact that you say no to people. Um, I think that's actually really important, isn't it? Because some could look at you, and I'm being completely, you know, frank, and go, Gifts from businesses to people. We've all seen those gifts and we've all been given pens or stuff that you just go, why and then particularly at the conferences and personally I just say no and I I feel I have to explain it and go I'm really sorry it's not that I don't want like you as a company but I really just don't want to come away with 15 different pens I just don't need them
1: (laughs) we're we're trying to solve problems you know so we're not just trying to give a gift we're trying to solve a problem so we for example had um a, a cruise line client and the cruise line client was um, giving away water bottles to its customers in all of its state rooms. And so we teamed up with um, a water dispenser provider and made uh, a, a stainless steel water bottle. And we know that the energy can, it takes to make stainless steel is still quite significant, but actually looked at how many times it would need to be used in the way it was manufactured in order for it to be um, better than a plastic water bottle. Anyway, so what we ended up doing was making these stainless steel water bottles, and it managed to take out 56 million plastic water bottles out of circulation for this cruise line client over a two-year period. Now, I think that is quite a significant Um, development. And and it's something that we're trying to do, again, solving a problem. We had another client um, that, you know, a very, very high-end safari company. Um, And the high-end safari company used to take people from the airport, the main airport it would arrive in, to the lodge um, in the safari area. And because of people's luggage, it would have to travel twice because the planes were only big enough to hold the people and not the luggage at the same time. And so it would have to make these two journeys. And so we designed a really beautiful bag that meant that once the people were in the plane, these bags could also fit in the plane. And people wanted to use these bags because they were beautifully designed. And, And so then that meant that so much extra fuel was saved by not having to fly the plane twice. You could just fly it once. So these like quite simple problems that actually sometimes do have a design and um a gift solution to them which actually mean that people then will go on and reuse either that water bottle or that bag um and there is a, a long a far longer chain to um to what we're trying to do
0: that's brilliant that's really good that's um that's cool is isn't it um could you tell us a bit about how you engage your staff suppliers and customers with your mission and purpose
1: sure so um The staff one is really interesting, actually, because we have um, a president and the directors of the company who are absolutely 100% engaged in sustainability, in the B Corp movement, in in progress as well, I think, in in the B Corp movement. And what we found quite interestingly um, a couple of years ago was that the staff probably weren't as engaged in this mission. They didn't... um, you know about 2 3 years ago they didn't see it as something that actually brought value to the business and so we worked with them and we you know we we had lots of conversations about why this actually wasn't cutting through and why they weren't necessarily seeing the link between one and the other and our, um, our our president and the sustainability manager came up with the idea of everybody having an individual sustainability KPI so in in addition to all of the other KPIs that they're doing um they had one that was specific for sustainability and so one of my um colleagues for example started an office composting Program And, you know, they're based in LA and, and composting in LA is it's, it's not something that is as common as, as it is. You don't get roadside or, or house side collection of composting like you do here in the UK. Um, so they started an office in composting program and another of my um, colleagues started looking at the use of plastic in wrapping all of the individual gifts that get um, sent from the factories to the, the clients. And how we could, first of all, start measuring and monitoring that, but then look at alternative ways of of sending those those products so that we don't have as much plastic in use in circulation in in terms of the the shipping and and looking at different ways of shipping that. So by having these sustainability KPIs, um, we are able then to engage our, our staff better. And I think just over the last couple of years, they've really started engaging in this and see more about how the value proposition can be strengthened by f- our focus on sustainability. And I think, again, over the last few years, um, businesses have seen um, a real need for um you know t- to be more sustainable you know we've seen a lot of discussion about waste we've seen a lot of discussion about plastics in the ocean um and and companies are getting on board with that and so they are now far more open i think to the idea that um you know we are making things that would have come from waste or would just be ended up in landfill and and they like that idea and they're now looking at how they can tell that story so here is a gift for your um for your customers and here is a gift that not only has it been made through an ethical um and well-sourced supply chain it is also um it has also been made with waste um and and actually it is sort of tells their story as well that they are on that journey for sustainability
0: okay and um is it a Would you say it was a big part of your communications with um, your suppliers and customers as well, that um, sustainability journey?
1: It it absolutely is. I mean, it's not something that... um... Always gets. I mean, it's always there. It's always there in the background. And and some customers, it's absolutely the first thing that they want to talk about. And others, we have to sort of help steer them towards that journey. And so, like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, some might come to us immediately and say, "Right, we have um, this amount of budget to spend. What can you make for that?" And and we. We turn it around, like, why are you making this? That's always like the first thing. Why are you doing this? Is it, um, you know, that you're trying to create loyalty? Is it because you've got a problem? You've got too many products that are being returned? Is it because you've, say, got this problem with with plastics in your supply chain that you're trying to get rid of? What is, what is that reason? And by starting with that, why, it helps then open up a conversation about what are the things that they can do and how we can help work with them to perhaps make something that is um less energy intensive or or less wasteful um and more useful for the long run
0: okay okay and when it when it comes to running an ethical and sustainable business what would you say has been your biggest struggle so far and can you tell us a bit about how you've overcome it
1: i think it's always um you know it's it's, it's always a struggle to find the right suppliers so we're you know, we're ultimately a manufacturing firm. So we, we do all of our design and logistics in our LA office. Um, but we have a lot of overseas factories that we use. And a lot of them are, um, you know, fully CEDEX certified to the highest level that they can be. But then there are others that are only on that journey. And so how do you work with those suppliers in other countries when you are only, one small part of their business. So these suppliers are not, um, and and these factories are not um, just working for us. You know, we don't own them. We don't control them. So we can only work to the ones that we can, we can get to and, and we can um, you know encourage them that um, we want to work with them, but if we are only a small player in that, we need to galvanize the others that are working in that same factory and show the factory owners why it is beneficial for them to have that SEDEX certification or you know sign the u n human rights declarations or um, have audited and, and third-party audited, um, um, you know, systems so that we can make sure that we are working with the best people um, and that, you know, everything that we do can be 100% bona fide and, and and that we can be really proud and pleased to say that those are our suppliers. I mean, we, we are, but, you know, when you're trying to, to start with a new product or start with a new material, sometimes you have to go out and find these new factories that that might not actually adhere to the the standards that you would like to do
0: mm, that makes sense that makes complete sense and so um focusing more in on Masha as a business um and as an organization what kind of steps have you taken as an organization to be more sustainable yourself
1: so um we we've done a lot in terms of you know, our own operations. Say so everybody has individual sustainability KPIs. We um, are in the process of putting solar on our roofs. We've just signed um, a commitment to um, the sustainable um the science-based targets initiative um and so we are going to um now and actually just had those um approved actually so we're brilliant
0: oh congratulations well done that's really really cool
1: yeah we're going to be announcing that just this week um because yeah it's really cool to have them approved um Hmm. and and so you know we are doing a lot to make sure that we are Doing the right thing—that we're making sure our climate um, goals are aligned with the the, the UN and and the Paris Agreement. Um, Our say, our factories are Sedex certified. We have four out of our ten biggest factories are level four certa Sedex certified. and, and we're hoping to increase that by two um, level fours over the next um, two years. And the rest are level two SEDEX certified. Um, 92.5% of our factories that we use have um, uh, have third party audits and certifications for environmental or social um, uh, behaviors and and that's going to go up to a hundred percent. So there's you know th- there are all these different systems that we put into place um, to make sure that we're filling that on a, a sustainability on a, from an environmental perspective, but also from a, a staffing and employment perspective, and also working in our communities and and do a lot in our in our local community, but also reaching out to make sure that some of the products that we make you know might be going to factories that um, are where people who are in socially deprived areas um, might need some help. You know, there's a, a really interesting factory that um, we're, we're in good conversations with in Brazil, which uses ex-offenders. Um, and there are lots of cooperatives that we're using to make, um, you know, really niche products um, that where companies want to spend a little bit more money, that money would then go into the communities and, and help either women or, or or youth or or people say with um, different social issues that, um, that help to address the causes of of deep poverty or, or lack of skills in certain places.
0: I'm always um, it's amazing. It's one of the great things about um, interviewing different companies like yourselves is just how intuitive, not intuitive you know how how clever people and organizations are and the stories that they tell about what it is they're doing and it's that positive impact that organizations like you have on the rest of the world and it just shows that we really are starting to work as a kind of you can't as a listener can't see me uh, making the world in my Um, arms but it's kind of it is though isn't it it's we are becoming a world I think
1: we're trying to I mean I think it's also about recognizing your role in the business that you play so we know that you know the the corporate gifting and promotional products world is a dirty world we know that and we are trying as, as we can to do our bit to help clean it up and there are other um, promotional product companies that are also moving in the direction that we are. Um, and, and hopefully over time, you know, all companies, if they say they care about the environment, will look to companies like ours because we can help with that risk that they've got. You know, what's the point of a company making, um, making a product if, if that company is also saying how environmentally sustainable it is, and 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 how important um, the green movement is to their business, if you know they're giving away things that actually don't meet. Um, certified standards, or if they don't meet the chemicals, um, you know the the, the Prop forty uh, the Prop sixty five chemical testing that's required, or it's just going to go to waste. Is it, it it lessens the impact? I think of of their companies, and and so yeah, we we recognize that we have a a, a small role to play in In trying to say clean up our industry, but also you know we're a business like many many millions and billions of other businesses around the world and and we have to adhere to um, the right guidelines on um, on climate on biodiversity on treating workers fairly on being good to our community um, and and supporting you know everything it is about being
0: mm.
1: it's sort of having that license to operate in in the world.
0: Mm. No, and that's this is yeah, it's just so important. Um is there any advice or learning that you'd like to share with everyone listening to this podcast on some of the um aspects of the organization that we've talked about today?
1: I think um you know this is a journey and and it doesn't it doesn't happen in one day that small steps are are really good steps. And I think one of the things that's really interesting is that, and certainly in in places I've worked before, that fear of the unknown can be paralyzing. And so, you know, you have to do things like you have to um, cut back on your emissions. But if you, if you don't know how to do that, there are a lot of people out there that might not do anything. And it's the same with at, at home, right? You know that you have to cut back on your food waste, but if you don't know how to cook or you don't know how to manage the food that you've got in the fridge, how are you going to cut back on on food waste if, if you don't know how to do those things? Um, but sometimes you just have to to make that first step. You just have to make that commitment. So on the Science-Based Targets Initiative, for example, you know, we knew it was the right thing to do. We knew that we had to commit to the 1.5 degree um, because the world needs to get rid of its carbon and the the world needs to to start to manage, um, climate change because it's, you know, the number of storms that are coming and the amount of, um, of harm that climate change is doing to our world is something that we all have a responsibility to act upon. So we, we knew that we had to do it. Did we know how exactly we were going to get there? Absolutely not. But we decided, okay, let's just make that jump and we will then find out the way to do it. Um, and so we've, made that commitment to being net zero, but we don't have all the answers to get there. I think at the same time, there's probably about uh, you know something around being humble and accepting your small role in the world, um, and rather than trying to sort of overclaim and and you know being willing to therefore to to reach out to others for support and advice. And there's a lot of good research and information and willing, I think, for for people to help to help companies and to help individuals take this step towards greater sustainability.
0: Um. I'm really glad that you um, – My net, what I wanted to kind of finish on was the science-based targets, and I'm really glad that you brought it up again because to anyone listening, I don't um, – the science-based targets initiative is such an important initiative. It's, um, And that's not to say that none of the other stuff that you've talked about is important, but I think – and this is going towards a global common goal, and it is um, making sure that all your emissions – are in line with that 1.5 degree increase. And I think it is incredibly scary for particularly organisations like you who have quite large scope three emissions and you will not know how you're going to be reducing those emissions. But what is amazing is that you have put your head above the um, pulpit, um, you know, head, head up <laughs> and said, look, we're going to be getting our um, science-based targets and we're going to be achieving them. And this is an openly telling everyone what it is that you're going to be doing and then working towards it. I think it is so important and it's such a, it's such a great step and it's brilliant that you've had those verified. It's, um, you can see that I'm, I'm a firm advocate of science-based targets. <laughs> I think we are at Green element as well.
1: I think um I think it's been really helpful that um, the science-based targets initiative has a an iteration for SMEs for small medium-sized enterprises mm. because, you know, this stuff is difficult, and there are, people in large companies that have, you know, scientists with PhDs who are on their staff, who are calculating the numbers for them. Um, Mm. And, you know, most small businesses just do not have the ability or the resources or the capacity to to do that or to hire someone with with that kind of level of expertise. And so, you know, they have recognized this. The the SBTI initiative has recognized this. And, you know, we have gone along with that, the, the SME version, um, and it's been really helpful because it, it does mean it's much more inclusive. We are on that journey now, um, and and you know we do have that help and support to to try and help get to where we say that we're going to be. You know, there's a lot of measurement we have to we have to prove it. You know, we have to make these cuts, um, and we will make these cuts. But it it sort of helps and, and almost holds our hand along the way now because um because we've 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 gone with the the SME version.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for today. Um, Is there a way that we can connect with you and learn more? We'll obviously be putting all of the um, links and everything on the website when, um, when we publish this.
1: Yeah, so we're at ma-share.com, Um and mashare is—it's it's a funny name. It was started by a man called Martin and a woman called Cheryl. So Ma is the Martin, and Share is—I was is wondering if there was a capital C. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and and so it's—it's um, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a name that uh, that means means much um but but that's where he is and that's where we are so uh yeah mashare.com and um, please contact us we're really happy and, and open to to talk to anybody who's who's interested
0: rochelle thank you so much for being on today thank you
1: thanks will